Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Jim Dowse. Oh, hello. And Josh Brown. Hello, fellas. And it's oh. worth saying that it is James Dowse's last podcast. Is it? It's <laughs> yeah, they're coming to take you away in a little oh, bit. That's, uh, that's ceremoniously how it all ends. Yeah. I'm afraid I've had enough of you skipping these weeks and you're just like, <laughs> I'm not only kicking you off the <laughs> podcast, you're out of my life. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Not I'm true. leaving, actually, because of your opinions on Last of Us last week. Well, <laughs> some things need to be stood by, my friend. Um, but yes, James Dowse is sadly leaving us after today, the Tuesday, yeah. is the day that we record this. Um, you can go check out the Choose Your Own Adventure, your last episode last of the show. Video, what Culture Edited video. Yes, with Mr. Jules uh, Gill. And we thought we'd do a Q&A for the podcast people can send in whatever they'd like us to talk about we had a lovely little response yeah um even from super fans like michael hanfler getting involved so yes, yes. it's a lovely little time yeah but, but do uh, you know what we're gonna do first go on, mate. me and josh are gonna have a clink of our bottles we certainly hey. are come on get this over the microphone yeah, i was gonna say you do a little you know what james Dows? let's do that one more time one more time there oh, wow. he is. Beautiful. Open it to the mic and it's going to go all over the place. You Whoa. did say it was uh, some sort of drinks-based podcast. There I forgot go. that and ate a cupcake instead, but I <laughs> have a, a drink in spirit. Yeah. Uh, a oh, cupcake perfect. is still good. You know what? I just thought we, we it's very rare that this stuff lines up where we can actually get the time and do something for someone leaving. Yeah. How, how rare is that, you know? Totally. It yeah. always seems to just kind of like happen and then, oh my God, mm-hmm. we haven't had the chance to prepare. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, your day... The all last day yeah. has coincided with the podcast yeah, day, and with many people's jobs, is it really? Nah, it's yeah. weird, isn't it? Yeah. But so here we are here taking we are. this time to celebrate yep. James Dowse and have a drink <laughs> with James Dowse. Yeah. Right on the periphery of it being an actual in memorium, <laughs> taking a moment <laughs> I'm to still uh, here. Yeah. Hey, it feels like it, man. How long have we worked together at this point in time? How many laughs have we had together, uh, both on mic and off mic? Four years and one week That's I've worked here. That. It feels a lot longer than that. My first ever day here was your birthday four years ago. Is that actually no true? Way. That can't be right. It was because we went for drinks. Uh, on my first day to celebrate, but it was also your first, uh, your uh, birthday, sorry. That is, so yeah. your first day was my birthday. And my last day is your birthday. And your last day is my birthday. Yeah. I don't even want you to <laughs> correct me if that's not right. If no, that's that is just, right. That is me, absolutely That's right. unreal. That's, yeah. that's like, that, that, never mind <laughs> getting the chance to do content with someone as they're leaving. Yeah. That is yeah. like next level. You know what, James? Give me another, another clink. Cheer. So what happens in four years' time between me and you? What's next? Well, what's the next stage of our relationship, I suppose? Where do we go? From <laughs> we should point out... Just go to the question, Scott. We should point out that it is Josh Brown's birthday as well, so a lovely happy birthday to one of the best boys to ever yeah, do it. Happy Thank birthday. you very much. Over in the corner. Um, happy birthday, anyone, I'm quitting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a real good gift, James. I was setting up a chain reaction. The men are going to take them both away. But um, yeah, if anyone wants to burst out a nice cold drink and just have a, a laugh with the podcast, feel free right. if you'd like an excuse to have a, a bev on the afternoon. Um, but yeah, so we did a whole uh, Q&A 
tweet thing. I thought I'd just see what people wanted to talk about. And like I said, we got a lovely response. Um, first question from superfan number one, Amy Rapier, who says, can you ask James Stars why he runs away from me whenever he sees me in public? <laughs> Wouldn't you? <laughs> no, it's because, um, it is a story for you. The other day I was what? in Tesco, big Tesco, yeah. and I was going down the escalator and uh, I then got a photo uh, sent to me by Amy Rapier of me holding a bottle of milk going, <laughs> going down the escalator. Okay, because when I was coming back on a train from Manchester, she was sat in front of me. That's what I mean. <laughs> she's just following all of yeah, us. Yeah, that's point. what she's doing now. Just reconnaissance. But yeah, she just, uh, took this picture but didn't say hello or anything like that. It was just my... <laughs> and I was watching it. you. But then I had to like turn around and she wasn't there and that was it. That's brilliant. Maybe it was from a different day. Just maybe, freaking you out. Maybe. I yeah, don't yeah. know if it's ever been a choose your own adventure or anything, but one one th- one of the many things I love that Amy has done is turn your face into a lamp, James Downs, yeah, yeah. in the upstairs <laughs> office. Amy put a picture of your face yeah. on the lamp. So when you weren't in the office, I we could there. you were there, and not only were you there, you were the light of the entire oh, office. Hey, you were the centerpiece, you were the sun, yeah. you were the life giver, even when you weren't there in the flesh. But I noticed about 10 minutes ago, you tore that down, so. Oh, Amy, yeah, 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 yeah. What you got now, like, yeah, we need a new yeah, light. Yeah, I mean, the the new light will be made by default now. You yeah, know, you printed off a picture of your own face. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's my birthday, I can do what I want. When in doubt, hollow out the eyes and put the light behind it. That's the only way to make it work. I think that's what Leatherface did, wasn't it? Well, yeah, exactly, in the way of tradition. The next question from Stallington Blade, who says, in Josh and James's opinion, what game or project would finally tip Scott into a mental breakdown over the state of the industry? Lack of original IPs, focus on graphics, microtransactions, etc. Another Last of Us remake. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I, I, at this stage, I wouldn't even put it past them. No. I mean, they'll do that for Last of Us Part 2, and I'll hate it as well. Yeah, I think you've been really close, like, over the past year. The Last of Us remake was obviously I've been a close. Big, yeah, I think so, man. <laughs> Teetering on the edge. Yeah. You pull me back in again. <laughs> Come on. Standing on the edge of the world, yeah. you forspoken. Step back in yeah. off the balcony. Uh, yeah. In the Grand Theft Auto Definitive Editions. I think, oh yeah, James Dowers, that's a great shout. I think the Horizon Forbidden yeah. uh, Zero Dawn remaster might do you in. And oh, I, honestly, yeah. I just think after we've been talking, I know I keep scratching my head. Uh, is that what that is? I think we're kind of getting your hat just right and you're sort of manically moving it back and forward. I, it's a nervous tick. I just like uh, sort of brush my hat back and forward. I it must be very satisfying. To kind of scratch the head underneath. Uh, sorry about that. Scratch uh, all the heads. What I was going to say is both on mic and yes. off mic, you Michael. talk to me about what they were saying there. You know, the lack of original IP this year, the amount mm. of sequels, the amount of remakes. I think maybe, you know what? Resident Evil 4 might do it. You know, when you're just kind of thinking, why do we need this? What is this? What am I doing with my life? I'll be fine until someone says it's better than the original. And then I'll I'll, I'll wake up, bolt upright in bed at one in the morning (laughs) and go, no, it's not. And I have to record something again. Hey, I'm not going to lie, mind. After the podcast last week, I thought The Last of Us Episode 1 might have been the one to do it. Here he is. I thought it might have been, but now- I'm back on the train now. I like Last of Us Episode 2. Totally great. Yeah. Like more original stuff, not just recreating the cutscenes. Yeah. (laughs) I like originality. Give me actual new stuff. Just Every wait time. for episode three. I know, that's yeah. what I've heard. Can More we have Frank and Bill stuff? Your prediction for what might tip you over the edge. Oh, God. getting another open goal wrong. Like mm. um like close to a protocol or some I don't care. I can't I can't devote the mental capacity to remakes anymore. I just don't care. So the last time I was excited about it was the GTA Definitive Edition. I don't think there's anything from my child my childhood that would mean that much again. I remember thinking that when the Definitive Edition went sideways. I was like, this actually can't happen again because this meant the most to me. Um, and they've already effed up Sonic Origins when that package came out. It was full of bugs and glitches and everything. So uh, I don't think there's that much more, really. My entire childhood has been mined at this point. So <laughs> I don't know. if the Mario movie's not good. I mean, uh, I don't know. I wasn't. I'm not putting that many eggs in the old Mario basket. I, I'm looking forward to it a lot, but um, I would. I mean, it's it's not got like a great pedigree studio wise. It's like the Minions people, 
So I'm I'm hot at the minions, yeah. but I'm not like not dying for it. Okay. So <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I guess we'll see. Uh, next question from Kim Camilleri, who says, "What was your feeling after releasing your first video with What Culture, James Dobbs? Oh, my first video. Uh, my first ever video was uh, t- November 2018 because I freelanced for this company for two months before right, okay. I worked here, and it was Ash's video, and it was ten iconic characters who have never had a good movie." Ah. Right. And that was my first ever video. I was so proud of it. And all of the comments hated the video <laughs> because I was like, how dare Ash say all this stuff? And I was there like, oh, I put my heart and soul into it. But, and <laughs> but, you all, but the editing's good though, isn't it? Oh, nobody commented <laughs> yeah. on the editing. Everyone was just saying, well, Ash is wrong. And I was like, well, that's just ruined it. But then I realized that's the theme of working here, isn't it? Yeah, you can yeah, put yeah. all your effort in and one comment ruins it. It is. Uh, like, you yeah, ne- yep, you no. never go, my golden rule, because I've been, almost been, 10 years in October mm-hmm. I've been doing this. Uh, my golden rule is if you're going to look at YouTube comments, and I guess this goes for anyone, never go more than five lines deep. Yeah. Even that is the most extreme thing. Uh-huh. One or two and scroll slowly. Mm-hmm. And if something doesn't seem like what you want to look at, spoon it away. Yeah. No one can prepare you for that, by no. the way. Like no. no one can prepare you for how personally you will take those comments. <laughs> and you might get <laughs> a, a yeah. thick yeah. skin to it, which admittedly I think a lot of us do after a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. But those early videos, mm-hmm. especially if you're not confident in your own you know, voice acting or yeah, anything yeah. or presenting or whatever it is, like I certainly wasn't. You take those to heart and then you realize quick, I can't spend all of my time oh, nah, looking at these comments. Yeah. Or even the nice ones, because then you take those to heart and it's like, no, I've got to live up to that. It's mm-hmm. very um, for me, it was dangerous, always like, but very nice. Sometimes. Yeah, for me, it was always like, I wouldn't care if someone was just yelling this down the street at me as I walked through like a, um, a, a city center. So I'm not going to suddenly take it on board mm-hmm. in a random comment thing. But at the same time, it's always when it's really random, but it's like personal. It's like something that you can't help where it's like, He's saying this with that nose or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I can't do anything about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And But is, is my something wrong with my nose? And like, I've just made that up on the spot. Maybe there is, but still. And so whenever something like that happens, I would always be like, oh, I wasn't even thinking of that. And yeah, now, yeah. And now I can't not think of that. Yeah. Um, that's the, they're, they're, those are the ones that, that bore themselves mm-hmm. deep. What yeah. was the first video that you did, James, when you were like on camera, whether it was a- So I actually Googled this as well. Right. Googled it. <laughs> of course, <laughs> check the Wikipedia on Of course it's on Google. Um, my first ever video was Jules made me be in a video with you and Ash. And it was him doing some like weird quirky thing where he was just like talking about dogs or something. And then me, you and Ash appear from the bottom and then just shake our heads and then go back down again. <laughs> And I was so excited <laughs> to be there for that video. Aww. And it got like, it got a few hundred thousand views and I was really happy with it. But yeah. like to you two, it didn't mean anything because it was just another video. But for me, that was my first ever one. I love that. And that was like May, 2019. And then the month later, that's when What Culture Music happened. Yes. Oh, yeah, we got to go on stage. And then I was just in every video after that. Yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah. And because that was like my first ever proper video, that What Culture mm. Music trailer, which was so good. You yeah. Which is still online, using? I think. Yes. Yeah. Because it was us two and Scott um, and Ash sorry mm-hmm. and yeah it was really really good uh and yeah it's been going since then really but then when i started doing this podcast and the tuesday videos that's when i started being in videos yeah, yeah as yeah. much as i am now mm-hmm. um josh you kind of talked about your first video is it just the freaking out about comment stuff yes i mean to be honest i think i've told this story once before and i will continue to tell it until i leave because i think it's yeah. very heartwarming Not, don't please leave please do please <laughs> no, no, no. Please, please leave right now Come well on. we'll see after i've had this newcastle brown ale <laughs> i'll decide that uh no like i didn't even want to do it man like i didn't want to do it at all like i joined this company uh just not wanting to be on camera not mm. wanting to do voiceovers just because i didn't think i would like it like mm-hmm. when i did in university and in, in my own time, like I did video editing, I did behind the scenes stuff, you know, I made mm. videos, I didn't star in them, I got other people to star in them because I was too shy or nervous or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was you, Scott, who was like, you know, do you want to give it a go? And I remember saying, no. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. went, 
have a think about it. Take yeah, a weekend. Yeah, yeah. Have a think about it, and we'll. We'll. It doesn't matter if it's not very good. Uh-huh. It won't go out. It was, so it was you encouraging me to do that, and it was Rich. Rich Hudson was was great at uh, helping me do my verse video. I remember mm-hmm. he was in the studio, helped me set up, give me some tips and stuff. He was like just the consummate professional, yeah. like a, a solid rock of someone who really knew their stuff, like and, and knows their stuff, presenting wise, who helped me along a lot. And then obviously everyone else, you know, Jules was obviously yeah. great as well. But I remember be, him being in the video. St- booth of like getting that video done mm-hmm. and encouraging some of the bad jokes that ultimately made the final cut <laughs> that video. Uh, and then, then when I opened it was it was like a really successful one if I recall like yeah. I think that was I think it might have got near to a million for you're the first video mm-hmm. uh, the immortal rule with Josh Brown is that you're always way better than you think maybe <laughs> but that was scary of course because mm-hmm. then you're there like sat reading the comments and because yeah. um, I thought your first one was the one that me you and Jules did on Last of Us theories did that was that after that that was no, uh, the Last of Us one was the first one right. and I was going to get to that too mm-hmm. uh, as well but I would probably class the other one as my first proper video because it was the first one that like I conceptualized mm-hmm. the first one I wrote the first one that was just a voiceover yes. it was the yeah, one yeah, yeah. where I was responsible for it because yeah. the one that the first one I did on camera was like with you and um, Jules, and that was that was great, of course, because mm. I got to talk about the Last of Us. The I first was just saying, if anyone wants to, to go about. back to that, we did we did Last of Us two predictions. Yeah. I have no idea how many of them came true, but that's a funny video from like 2016 or something. Totally, yeah. man. But that 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 was one where I I, I don't think of it because I don't think of myself as a presenter. Then that right, was okay. just like I, in my head, it was like you guys just bringing in someone. From the office, yeah. who, here's this was, man we found. Yeah, who, who liked The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. just kind of treated it as a one off thing. Like, oh, that was a nice thing I did one time. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if I did that again now and again. Yeah, uh, not, yeah you know what I mean? I don't know where the little table went. We had a little tiny know. little oh, table yeah. that we used to do Game of the Year stuff on and everything. Yeah. I don't know where that table went. Uh-huh. After we moved offices, it never came with us. No, it didn't. It's probably not. still there in the middle of one of the rooms. <laughs> um, but yeah, ultimately, it was just, it, was, it turned into a nice experience. Yeah, and then it. we just I, just, I just didn't stop. And, and I'll tell you this for the first six to 10 months, mm. I thought. Every single time, every single day, that our boss was going to take me off those videos <laughs> until he found someone, quote unquote, proper that could right. do them. I thought I was like a stopgap for like no. the entire first year I was doing those videos. I thought once they, you know, get someone in who's a professional at this, I'll be, I'll be off. Yeah, no. and I, I, I was so stressed about that happening because I, I, by then I'd grown to love it, but that yeah. was my big insecurity at the time. I'll be completely genuine. The first time I heard you, you, you do your recorded voice, I didn't think it was you. Right. I thought it was way more professional than it really? was. Like genuinely, I was like, oh my god. He's way further along than I am. Like if you go to those older recordings, um, I think it was just nerves manifesting. But I used to be so loud and just speak so fast. Oh my god! Is it okay, ten things we get through this thing, and uh, and it was just this ridiculous performance of attempting to make it sound professional. Um, but yeah, my first video I've talked about loads before. Um, just super quickly goes all the way back to like 2014 when we were in. This is like it would be two previous offices ago. Um, back when the YouTube channel was just getting off the ground, and um, and it was like up to like me and some of the ex staff there to just try and see what we could make work because it was like it was just our idea to try YouTube. It made sense to have a YouTube channel. All we had was the articles and the website. And um, so it was like, okay, try and make that work. So we had a, a, a box of foam that you have to speak into because we didn't <laughs> have a recording studio. So it was like, how do you transfer transform any regular office into a recording environment, get a bunch of sound foam and then sort of coil it round into a box of foam and put a microphone in the middle of it and then hold that up to your face, which is just <laughs> the stupidest thing. Because it was like, you're holding it up and looking like downwards out of the box to the script that you had and then trying to like perform it. Um, 
thankfully, all those videos have been taken offline. I don't know what's on the channel if you order by the oldest stuff, uh -huh. um, but most of those things have been changed. But um, in terms of the feeling after, I mean, I guess one of the ones that we did back then did go big. Like I said, it's been delayed. I've uh, been uh, deleted. It was um, something about like the most uh, replayable games of all time or something. Um, I just remember just thinking it was cool that it existed. I was just like, I'm getting to actually do this for a living. That's cool. Huh. But um, yeah, the foam box years were, uh, <laughs> that was a hell of a time. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> it was a thing. Um, next question from George Jackson, who says, what video game dev are you desperate to see a new game from? I'm personally very excited for the next Giant Sparrow game and also the Plucky Squire from Devolver. Also, what puts you off a new movie coming out? Personally, if I ever hear a coming-of-age story, I'm immediately put off. Oh, man, I love coming-of-age stories. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry to be that guy. I really do. That, that'll that get me in. <laughs> That's how it's done. Because coming-of-age stuff makes me think of, like, Lady Bird, like, if it's done well. Yes. But if you'd class that as a coming-of-age story? I would. Um, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. In terms of game dev stuff, um, I don't have a specific team, probably Supergiant, because um, I'm just like, they are on, after Hades, I mean, I, we know they're doing Hades too, so I'm like, whatever their next IP is. Mm -hmm. um, I saw the next SteamWorld game got announced a couple of days ago. Um, if you guys are SteamWorld fans. No. Is that SteamWorld Dig? So that's one of them. There's yeah. always like, it's like, there's like SteamWorld Quest and SteamWorld right. Dig, and like, it's basically just the same um, aesthetic or the same world, and yep. they just, that dev just tries a bunch of genres um, over time. Mm -hmm. um, and the next one they're doing is like a um, city builder. And I feel what it's called now, <laughs> something. Um, but I like the look of it, and I was just like, I just love that that mm -hmm. team, because they just seem to go like, oh, what can we try? Let's yeah. do something completely different. Also, shout out to SteamWorld, SteamWorld Dig 2. Yeah. as one of the coolest digging platforms. It's good. Oh, I, dude, it's I perfect. Like it, I love that thing. Yeah. Um, we should also very quickly... And point out that there's a lot of weird alarm testing stuff happening in the office. So if that's coming through on the recording, I don't think it is, but you never know. Yeah. Um, that's what that is. We're not on fire. We're not being told <laughs> to leave. Um, even if we were, we'd stay here anyway. Yeah. Um, so there's that. What about you guys? Uh, I would say Play Dead. Mm. They make Limbo and Inside? That's them, isn't oh it? Oh my God. Uh, yes, Play Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play yeah, Dead. I thought so. Uh, I want to see their next Ooh, game. Yeah, I that's love, a great show. I love those two. Yeah. And Recently, there was a game by the co-founder of that, what was released, but I right. can't remember what that was called, but apparently it didn't get the best reception. Okay. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but either way, I'm excited for their next game. Yeah, yeah. Proper game. I like Google what that was called. For me. I'm trying to find that. The um, Speaking of the stuff that they put out more officially, Inside was like almost my game of the year in 2016, like save for Titanfall 2. Um, but that, what an immaculate little, pristine little game, like not an inch of uh, pixel out of place kind of thing. Uh -huh. um, you, anticipated stuff, Josh Brown. Well, you guys have gone for anticipated for the right reasons, stuff mm. that you're excited to play, creative new ideas that might come out. Mm. I want to know what Bioware's up to, because obviously okay. they have Mass Effect 4 and they have the next Dragon Age. Yeah. Yes. But I need to know how those games are going to play. I was just announced mm. the other day that uh, Mac Walters, who is a veteran of Bioware with the company for 19 years, Big has man. left. And now I'm just starting to think, like, we know it's not going to be live service after Anthem. We <laughs> know that they have apparently committed and recommitted to the single-player experience. But I just, I'm dying to know, similarly to Bethesda, whether or not Bioware still has it in them to create a Bioware game. Something so. as iconic as Mass Effect, something as iconic as Dragon Age, funnily enough, the next two games that they're making. But mm -hmm. can they, are they still a developer who can be on top or will this be, mm -hmm. and I hope it's not, you mm -hmm. know, that their final swan song, their last <laughs> yeah. effort, uh, their last gasp, I don't know. I will say, um, that game I think you were trying to think of was Somerville. 
Yes, that's, that's, that's the one, one of the co-founders the of Playdead. Um, Bioware for me, and I, I know this is a really tired uh, comparison, um, but it feels like the Ship of Theseus thing from like One Division, where it's like if there's so many parts that have been replaced over enough time, is it even still Bioware anymore? Um, and I don't think it is. Like you've got the um, I can't even think of the names of the two doctors that founded it, but the founders have left. If Mark Waters has left, he's one of the only veterans that was there. Um, it's kind of like the whole. Um, well, I was going to say it's kind of like three four three, but I was just trying to think more of the way Halo used to have an authored voice to. It's just not really there anymore. Um, so I, it'll be a miracle if if Bioware feels like Bioware ever again because the whole landscape of the industry has changed and everything. Yeah. What to kind me, of genre would you like them to delve into as a developer? It, it sounds regressive, right? But I would like them to just go back to what they've been doing but do it well. Like, yeah. you know, make a platformer. Make, make another live service. Oh, my I God, if care. they did a Mass Effect like a pl- 3D platformer, Crash style. Yeah. That would be the game that tips yeah. me over the edge. That would be the one that makes me go. Come back, Josh. Yeah, no, 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 no. Nah, man, I just want like those two franchises to be back on top. I feel uh, like after The Witcher 3 came out and everyone was assuming that uh, RPGs were going to come back in style, like that kind of rich, complex experience. Mm. We got a lot of stuff that aped The Witcher 3. We got a lot of Assassin's Creed games that superficially, you know, were built around the ideas of The Witcher 3, mm. but... We haven't really got anything as deep. We haven't really got anything as complex. And Bioware used to fill that gap. Bethesda used to fill that gap to a certain extent. And I just want something as interesting, something as unique as a as a Dragon Age Origins or a Mass Effect 1, mm-hmm. even if it's a continuation of those franchises, go back to the kind of storytelling and memorable characters and scenarios that made those games yeah. special. They don't even have to reinvent the wheel for mm-hmm. me. They just need to rediscover what made them great to begin with. Oh man, go, playing through the Legendary Edition, I was like, I have missed these games. Like, I've missed something where it's a whole new world and it just plays well and it feels authored and, and fleshed out. Um, it's just that whole thing of like, you compare it to something like Forspoken. It's like, I feel like I should play that just because it's the new thing but I know what every single part of that is going to feel like and it's just it's off-putting as opposed to something that was so screaming originality as Mass Effect or at least in terms of in the game space um, next question from um, Nelson Fowler who says have you listened to the official companion podcast for The Last of Us HBO show I think it provides some great insight as to why why things were or were not changed um, I also think we should talk about episode 2 quickly I've not, I've not listened to the podcast uh, but I know that I will because I enjoyed the Chernobyl one Ah, well, okay. was it was, one. No, it was which was right. also extremely good, and obviously it's the same person who did that mm-hmm. and whatever. Uh, so no, I will be watching it, and mm-hmm. also, yeah. what do you think, Josh? I really like the podcast. Yeah. I was listening to it in the gym the other night, the first mm-hmm. episode, and it was uh, really good, like great for if you're on a commute, if you've got some time to fill, because they're really short. I've been telling you this about podcasts for years. <sighs> no, 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 you've been telling me to listen to like an hour and a half podcasts. <sighs> this is like 35 minutes, 40 uh, minutes, yeah. the perfect length for me in my attention span, <laughs> and it is probably similar to the Chernobyl one, mm-hmm. Douse, uh, like full of really interesting nuggets, like the first episode, there was a really great discussion that they had about a note they got from HBO when they decided to split the first two episodes uh, and actually, instead of release them as two separate episodes, yeah. merge them into one because they got a note saying that that would be uh, better for the audience, yep. you'll get to know Ellie, etc, etc. And yeah, considering how short they are, they have a lot of you know, really interesting insight. And it's just really nice to hear Neil Druckmann in particular, mm. you know, be able to speak about his work because the guy gives great interviews, but he's notoriously a shy person as far as I right, can tell. Right. That's what Craig says, Craig Mason says in the in the podcast. So to have those two talking about the episodes, to have Troy Baker host it, I think is a I'm great just addition. So, I'm really proud it's of cool. Troy Baker getting, like just the fact that he's doing the HBO, hosting the HBO 
um, podcast, I was just like, that's cool. That's just cool. Like, you yeah. look at him, you think of his trajectory, you think about the roles that he took in 2013 when he blew up, when he was, like, in Final Fantasy 13 and Bioshock Infinite and um, The Last of Us. And then, to, like, 10 years later, he's hosting the adaptation of the show and he's hosting the podcast every week. I just think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, we actually completely skipped past, slash I completely skipped past, answering the other half of George Jackson's question before, um, which was, what if we hear something attached to a movie? What is it? What puts us off? Um, oh, yeah. When he was talking about coming-of-age stuff. I'll just go with anything in the MCU. <laughs> I don't yeah. care. I think it's. I think for me, it's like if it's something that looks like it will make a cool, like hour and a half, two hour movie, and then actually it's stretched out into a ten episode TV show. I'm immediately done. Like that whole new Secret Wars thing they're doing looked really cool in the trailer, and then it was like a new series coming soon. I was like, I'm immediately done. I, yeah, I, I, I'm not oh, yeah. going to watch that. Yeah. For me, I think it would be um, specifically if Netflix advertises a $200 million blockbuster that they've made. <laughs> that is, to me, I, and I've only seen bits and pieces of these movies, like the blandest thing you can right. ever produce. Like oh, they, totally. they, they look bad. They're just like boring. <laughs> and they're just like, they're competent in a bad way. Like yeah. they don't seem even feel like they've cost that amount of money. Mm. It just feels like capital C content to me. So Very true. I, I have something to throw on. 100%, yeah. man. I have just sort of, I've come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to be in the discourse for any of those movies anymore because I can't. Right. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's annoying because they get really good actors like mm. you know your Ryan Gosling's, your Chris Evans, your Chris Hemsworths, all of these people, and yet the movies that they're in are just for me very bland. No, they totally are. Yeah, I can't even think. <laughs> no, like um, I hate it when a film, as you say, there with streaming service goes straight to a streaming service instead of going to the cinema. Because once they skip the cinema, you I don't know if they've got as much trust in it. Yeah, it's almost like it loses like a certain air of like what yeah. you want from a movie. Well, recently I saw a film called The Menu, mm. which I, I saw it was going straight to Disney Plus, but then I saw it was in the cinema as well. So I went, I'll take a chance on it because right. it's at the cinema. They obviously have faith in it. It was one of the best films I've seen in a long time. Ooh, I wouldn't say it's one of the best, but it is a great film. That yeah, I, it's really solid. I'm glad that I saw it in a cinema mm -hmm. compared to at home where it wouldn't have been the same. Disney mm -hmm. Plus is crazy for us here. I did. cannot track whatsoever. What's <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Hey, Barbarian's on there. Is it? Why? Yeah. That's yeah. it. I said that Barbarian was on Disney Plus. Uh, this is why you shouldn't look at the comments, by the way. In a video, I was like, oh, you can watch it now on Disney Plus. And everyone in the comments was saying, what's this idiot saying? It is not on Disney Plus. Oh. But we get some crazy stuff over here. We've mm -hmm. got like the walk dead we've got the menu we've got yeah. barbarian we've got banshees of inner sharon mm -hmm. all of it comes to disney plus and for me it makes it a good service yeah. <laughs> but that's a weird service you know i just i feel like yes there's some sort of weird could we have weird crossover stuff in the uk where like hbo max is on sky atlantic like last of us for us is on sky and then other for whatever different deals disney are doing or fox are doing that's just i think that's three or four other channels over in america and everything just folds yeah. into over here because i've got hulu as well which is the yes. mature content but we get that as disney plus stars i think it is called. yeah yeah i think so yeah. It's like this big amalgamated thing, but um, but yeah, what was the movie that um, Francis McDormand was in a couple of years ago about like oh, being a nomad? Nomadland. Nomadland, and it was just like realizing that was on there, and I was just like, yeah. what? Like yeah. how? Why? Like next to Star Wars or whatever? Because yeah. um, I watched but, that on Disney Plus, but I'd have preferred to seeing that in the cinema. Yeah, same. Yeah. I think I think that I think this is the year that like um, the cinema's back. I mean, it's, like last year you had obviously Top Gun, mm -hmm. um, Avatar's making like two billion dollars or whatever. Um, but I just feel like that general conversation around can we live without cinema? I feel like that finally has an answer now where it's like no some things are just better in the cinema yeah. and that general sort of flirtation with what if you could have everything at home hasn't bore fruit yeah. like it just isn't as fun at home kind of thing mm -hmm. even though I much prefer uh, sorry I like watching stuff at home 
There's some stuff that just is better in a cinema. Do you know what I'm seeing next at the cinema? Uh, Puss in Boots. <laughs> That's where I'll be as well, my friend. Yeah, I've, I've heard I'm very keep, good things. I've also heard good things. I've heard it compared to Spider-Verse. That's what I've heard, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's my favourite thing ever. Yeah. And I'm married, but I still want to see Spider-Verse is really good. So I'm just like, if it can be anywhere close to how good Spider-Verse felt, then... If we'll this is good, see. I want sh- another Shrek. Oh, yeah, I want another oh, Shrek. In, I, yeah. In like the fancy art style of Puss in Boots? I just want Shrek back. <laughs> <laughs> what do they want? Shrek 5? Track six? What what number are they on? Five. Right, okay. Forever after was the last one. Right. I think I dropped off. I um, saw the first two. Right. I don't know. Whoa. Uh, no, the first no, two are the best one. Third's not. Three's the best. got Prince Charming. I, I think I was, I think does, I was yeah. done after that. Yeah. Justin Timberlake has Prince Charming. Right. No, the, the Shrek two is one of the best sequels of ever of all time. It's your final day, so I'm gonna give you, you that. You say whatever you need to agree with that. You're agree you're even clinging your drink to Shrek two. Oof. <laughs> Beautiful. It's a it's a risky maneuver because you don't want to you don't want to actually cling too much in case something breaks. It's, uh, it's, it's a, worth it for Shrek. Though, it's careful, yeah. Sometimes some, some things are just worth it. Um, for the Last of Us, um, we did talk a little bit about that episode two. We will not spend too much longer on it because I'll get to the next question. But um, some of the HBO podcast, it is very much recommended, hosted by Troy Baker. Quick thoughts on episode two overall. Where do you guys come down on the kiss? The kiss uh, is doing the rounds of something that's dividing the fandom. Yeah, I didn't care. I, w- I'm, I was happy it happened. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. I didn't complain. Uh, it was just it made my skin crawl when the things came out of that person's mouth. Yes. And obviously that's not in the game, so it was a unique addition, mm. which I, I think, didn't mind. Yeah, I was just sort of like, that's a bit weird. But then I, I, I'm not sold on the tendrils. I'm, I'm just not even sold. I don't like the tendrils. I prefer the spores. <laughs> and having little clusters of just, like, but the cotton. Creepy, though. The I don't know. I just, yeah, that bit when this, the, at the start of the episode when it, like, moves by itself during the autopsy is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the spores, I don't know, a- aerial um, dispersal, I find, is way freakier than it's a tendril and it's got a hive mind and uh-huh. whatever. Oh, man, yeah. like, the first, not to talk about The Last of Us for this whole podcast again, <laughs> but the first episode, no, the first scene of this episode where you have the dead infected woman on the table and then yes. the doctor, like, leans down. And even though and then the person is dead, it coming out afterwards, to st- like, it's still alive inside the body, at least for now, mm. and trying to find a new host. After being unsure about the depiction of the tendrils in episode one, after that scene, I was just thinking, that is so skin-crawlingly cool. scary. Yeah. I'm kind of with it. The kiss, I'm more divided on, like, I think... Like you were saying, Douse, it works as an effective, unsettling moment for sure. Yep. I just don't know personally if I yeah. appreciate maybe some of the subtext of the way it is shot or what it does maybe to Tessa's character compounded with other changes. But uh, I talk more about that in Ups and Downs. As well as everyone should check out. The um, Mason's explanation as well about like the way the infected work, I thought made them a bit worse. Not that, hey, it sounds like me from last week. <laughs> but like when he was like, oh, you know, the way that that dude sort of walked up to her really slowly, it's like the infected won't necessarily bother you. If you're, if you're up for being assimilated, they'll just kind of kindly let you in. And I was just like, oh, I'd prefer them when they're ruthless and, and refusing to stop and they want to spread the infection and uh-huh. whatever. Um, so, like, that's kind of... I guess people can go out and read all the different comments from Craig Mason because there's they're on it right now. Like, they have the podcast immediately after the episode um, and the hashtag discourse is very strong. It's, like, trending all day, every day right now. The only thing that cool. didn't stick with me was the uh, lighter trope where it was just like, it wasn't turning on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her whole, like, death is so changed, is so different. The whole I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. It still worked and was effective. I kind of just watched that because when she starts tipping over the gas cans and then she's like, all yeah. the grenades are out. And I was like, this is more video gamey than her actual video game death. Yeah. Like in yeah, terms yeah. of like the, like a commando style, everything's going to blow up and like, come on, all you people. Like there's like this one big last stand thing. 
And uh, yeah, and then when you get the the external shot of, of the place blowing up and everything, I was just like, yeah, okay. I don't really feel anything. Mm-hmm. I felt a lot more in the original. Right. Because um, I thought it was quite stark in the game where like you come out on the top floor and you just see her dead. Yeah. Like they've already killed her and moved on. And it's like, oh, that's all she was. Like that's to, that to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to be negative about The Last of Us though. I'm going to be <laughs> positive about the show. Um, next question from Coach, Coach Marv who says, in a world where digital is king and there's little to no mystery anymore due to excessive marketing, when was the last time you purchased a game based off the box art or because the main character looked cool without knowing anything else about the game itself. I've got two. Have you? From last year, one, one of my favorite games of all time, so I won't talk about it. Immortality <laughs> was one yes. that I just jumped into because I was scrolling Game Pass and I looked, not at the box art, which is admittedly quite bad for that game, but just mm. the screenshots of the game sold me on it, so I jumped in. One that was purely box art was that um, Themessia that I played as well, the Souls-like. Oh, yeah. Um, the Souls, yeah, like the Souls clone that just does play like a mixture of Bloodborne and Sekiro. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that just on the What's New on PlayStation page, and it was a bit cheap. Mm-hmm. It looked, it, it was described as a Souls-like. It had a cool front cover. I liked the aesthetic and thought, yeah, let's give it a go, and it was good. Right, right. Any for you, James? Uh, the other day I was going through PS Plus, and I saw Tearaway unfolded that's a beautiful game it is but i didn't care too much for it. <laughs> I, I got quite bored after like half an hour because i i knew what it was but i liked the art style it was yeah, going for, yeah. and i liked like the involvement with the controller and the touchpad and all that yep. stuff uh, but I, as i say i did get bored but that's what drew me in that's cool cutesy art style i don't think i have one for just going off the box art or anything I, i'm too caught up and is this worth my time i always end up googling something i look at some reviews um, yeah, you don't read descriptions. I do not read descriptions no. unless uh, no, no, no. I don't. Need, I was going to say unless it, I have no. Re- why would I read a description? I just <laughs> I can just look at some screenshots. I guess I'll, I'll do screenshots um, if I manage to get in through the, through the thumbnail of whatever mm. the thing is. But that's if I don't even know what it is. Anyway, nine times out of ten, I feel like I'm just I'm constantly researching what's coming up or reading about it or whatever. That just is the entirety of my life. Yeah. So it's very rare that I can just go, that looks cool, and then go from there. Could I submit a follow-up question to yes, Coach Marv's question? Because it is James Dowse's last uh, day, and I Cheers, need man. to get, insert myself into this discourse as well. Jumping off that, what's the best recommendation you've ever got from someone where you just think, I trust you forever now. You've got that bang on. Oh. I would never have played that without you, but I'm so grateful for you bringing that into my life. I'm actually going to be really nice here to you both. It was Returnal. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and it was because A, you gave me a free code, Scott. I did. And B, you reviewed it. And I edited the review, so I listened to your advice. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was free, so I wasn't going to lose. But your advice made me want to play it, and I loved it. I didn't That's even, very good. Didn't yeah. even set that up. I no. did not know that was coming. And you know what? <laughs> you were fishing for compliments. I wasn't even doing it, but I guess that must have been subconsciously, James Dallas. So you is my answer to that question. That's a very wholesome way to go. I um, I don't have much in regards. Like, I can't think of many where someone's gone, you should play this, because I just, I am that guy that recommends way more than I'm recommended to. However, um, recently... Um, Josh, you were t- we were talking about Dead Space Three like weeks, a couple of weeks ago, in relation to Callisto uh, Protocol, and you were just saying it's a better game than Callisto. It's it's worth checking out, and I really like Dead Space Three. I've mentioned it loads this week, and um, yeah, so I, I'm not going to say that's my best recommendation of all time, but that game is very, very fun, chunky, yeah. and gory, and it's way better than it, its reputation would attest. Oh yeah, man, I would say. I think mine again, not my favorite game of all time, but a mm. great recommendation and a game that I wouldn't play otherwise. You recommended Tunic last year. Oh yeah, mm. like, that would have been something where I looked the box art, funnily <laughs> enough, and gone, not for me. Not right, for me yeah. in a million years. That and um, Hades, I think, were yeah. two that you recommended. 
and I probably wouldn't have played them otherwise, whether it's because of the art style, whether it's oh, because actually, it's a roguelike, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm really pleased I did because they were great. You're uh, you recommending Signalis. That was oh. like, oh my God. That, going through Signalis for the first time, I was just like, this is just perfect. This is perfect game design. There's so much game here. And the uh, aesthetics are solid and memorable, but it's such a like love letter to PS1 horror. Like that was perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll say Signalis actually, because that was just something where I was like, this is every single inch of this is exactly my S and I absolutely <laughs> love it. Anyway, next question from Jojo Hodge, who says, can we get a full-on breakdown of the steps in both Scott's and Josh's hair care routine <laughs> and then compare notes with each other and make it musical by having James edit in some slapping tunes and auto-tuning you guys talking about your hair products. Now, that's quite a big order. That's an ask. That's, well, we, that, that's a big old ask. Um, we could talk about hair stuff. You used to be synonymous with hairspray, Mr. Josh. I Hart. used to be, and I tried really hard to be unsynonymous with hairspray <laughs> for a little while. Not, not that I didn't appreciate the comments, but I thought, this is this can't be my brand forever. I've, mm. got, to, I've got to change, so use the lockdown What was that fake game, hair. game art? And you powered up by using hairspray cans. I did that was like, like that. your HP bar. That was good. It was a good gimmick for a good while. I must admit, I really enjoyed it. Um, honestly, if it's cool. at work, I don't want to do anything with the hair. I put no. a hat on, and that's why I'm, I'm wearing a hat in mm. so many videos because I don't have the time in the morning. If not, if it's a weekend, wash the hair. Uh-huh. Let the hair dry naturally, not with the blow dryer. I'm not right, a fan right. of the blow dryer. Same. And then give it a brush. Whack on some got-to-be volumizing powder, Ooh. which is an absolute game-changer. Yeah. Get some of that in, get uh-huh. a bit of volume, a slight dab of hairspray. If it's if it, if it was a little bit too fresh when you right. do the volumizer uh-huh. powder and it feels a little bit all over the place, maybe mm-hmm. a dab of hairspray, a little bit of styling. That's all I go for these it's days. It's a beautiful time. I um, Yeah, mine's just uh, just stick a bit of gel in. Like, I don't forget what's... what's Company is some sort of shockwave. It's something really uh, strong, with strong, strong strength of gel. Because my hair just folds over, flops down, whatever. And I like a bit of the old spikes. Only recently have I started doing slightly more sideways spikes. Yeah. Cool. Um, but there's very little to my life other than just scooping a bit of gel and then running it, doing the, the the shaky hand thing through the hair, and then doing some sort of weird hand motion. And then if it stays, it stays. And I just sort of walk away from the mirror, like okay. Okay, cool. It'll just stay like this. The people I'm um, listening to this won't might not know this Go on. at this moment in time, but Scott Tilford actually has a lovely new trim right now. <laughs> You've got a nice, uh, you got a nice little fade in, and you have grown you. out the beard. It that was Josh's unreal. idea. You, you, you recommended this. I don't think that's true. I encourage you to do it, but it you wasn't did. my recommendation. Well, the fade it was, was all your you. Recommendation. The fade. Yeah, I wanted. I, the other day, I said through Scott because I couldn't get that. Yeah, yeah I did the other day. I was just like, you know, beards. I was like, can we just talk beards for a bit? And then, and then Josh was very encouraging and said like, yeah, because I was trying to think of something to do beard wise, and. No, it, was, it def- def- genuinely was your advice that I filtered through to the man who shaped my beard. And uh, now it looks quite nice. Um, so that was good. But yeah, in terms of um, an overall um, hair care routine, there's very little. I just uh, just wash the old hair and then gel it. James, tell us. What do I do? I wash it and then I put some powder in it. Yeah. Which sticks my fringe up and then I hairspray it to keep <laughs> that fringe there. That's the dream combo, isn't it? Yeah. The powder, the hairspray. I think. Very easy. I used to do wax, but then I realised that when I'd wash wash the wax out, my hair would come out with it. That's not. Oh no. It was just it just hurt all the time. The Last of Us. It is. Yeah. So instead, I go for powder now, and it just stays where it needs to stay. Because I feel like that this sort of like I mean not to, not to make this a hair care podcast, <laughs> but the idea of just being able to go, does this work? Does this not work? What am I actually supposed to do? When when do I use a blow dryer to get some effective spikes? When do I just gel it with my hands? Blokes don't get any of this. We never get told any of this Advice, stuff. No. Um, nor do we really go searching for it, which is why the conversation with you the other week was very productive. And I've got a lovely little trim. So hey. sometimes it works out. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it works it's, out. It's 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 hard because I think with hair especially, mm. I'm, I'm, I mean I'm guilty of this even now. Like you, you it's hard to try something. Yeah. Especially if you 
you're in a video, everyone can see that you're trying something and it might not be working. Oh my God, yeah. the other, it was like two weeks ago when I'd slightly grown this beard over Christmas and then I, I held my shaver, the, I got a new shaver and I held it the wrong way. Um, and it was just this stupid thing where I'd, I'd sort of buzzed it through the middle of my beard to try and trim it and then realized that I'd knocked it down to one mil. And oh, I was just right. all in the middle. It was like the Moses part in the waves. I was like, there's nothing here now in the middle. Uh -huh. um, and so I was like, well, the only way out is to make everything else one mil and make it all really small. And then I was like, I can't be on camera for like two <laughs> weeks while I grow this all back. Um, so that's why there was no news videos. <laughs> like, oh, because it's not really, but that was, it definitely helped that I didn't need to go on camera. Um, so there was that. Next question from superfan number two, Michael Hamflit, who says, perfect slash favorite console shape ever. PlayStation 2 Mini for them. It's an A5 piece of paper and also a console. How the F did they do that? Also says um, that he's from Jane McDonald fan. No, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yes, so you I'm do. Jane McDonald fan. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Do you not know who that is? What's that? Oh, that's a joke. Oh, do you don't even know? I don't know so what this is. Uh, I'll quickly brush past. Jay McDonald's a cruise ship entertainer who Michael Hamflet really likes. Right, okay. And I also really, <laughs> I really like. So that's a really niche joke. That's a very good sign up. In terms of um, <laughs> favorite console shape ever, I remember when I was younger loving all the descriptions of the 360 before it came out uh -huh. and that it was meant to evoke um, an inhalation. It was meant to be something breathing and that's why it curved inwards mm -hmm. and it was meant to represent like innate power that was ready to be released. Young me thought that was brilliant. That's cool. It's I don't know if it is, but it, I thought I thought it was back then. You know what? Right, it's not my favorite, but mm. just to go off the Xbox 360 comment, right? Yes. I used to think that owned back in the day when that came out. Like like you were saying, you know, it felt next gen. It totally. felt new. It felt awesome. I think that might be the one that's the most dated now. Though I look back at the 360 the design design wise, yeah, right. And I think what were we thinking? What right. was going through our minds what do you mean? with I that design? PS3. Oh, the PS3 sucks as, as well, but yeah. more than the PS3, I think. I don't know. Okay. There's something about the 360 that hasn't stood the test of time for me personally. Really? Yeah. I feel like the um, I like the whole, like, if you stand it up, all the replaceable faceplates and everything. I was a massive fan of that stuff. I He's shaking know. his head. Compared to Xbox, the not, Xbox the original one. one yeah. No, no, no. Xbox One. That was awful. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, that was no, nice. you can't defend no, the Xbox no, no. One. The original Xbox One, 2013, the yes. VCR box. That is inoffensive. It was just it's a, nothing. It, it looks like disgusting. some yeah. weird relic from like a like a weird brutalist regime. I can take that, I think. Bit I think of, you can. Bit of brutalism in take the old, old Take uh, mine as well, I don't want it. <laughs> no, I'm going to say something outrageous now because I, I like the PS5. I know everyone hates I the like PS5. PS5. I, like but PS5. I, think it, I, like, I like big, dumb consoles. <laughs> Me too. So, yeah. yeah. The more it looks like a weird like binder the better I yeah. think like the 360 mm. I will love the PS5 right now and then in 10 years look back <laughs> and think yeah. it's one of the worst things ever made but right now 
I, I, I do think that I think the PS5 will age badly, visually, aesthetically. I'm, I'm quite. I'd be, I'd be surprised if they didn't uh, overhaul the visuals in the PS5 Pro or whatever the next thing's going to be. And I do think the Series X is the best looking system right now. It's, it's just such an effective tower with right. the big giant fan on the top, and then depending on what angle you look at it, you can see different amounts of green. And with the Xbox screen, I think that's a really cool. If visual. you were to invite somebody into your house and yes. they saw an Xbox Series X versus a PS5, mm-hmm. what would they pick out? I think most people would say that in terms of like which one looks because I think the Series X is made to fit into like an entertainment home. But system, yeah, that's it. Center. It blends in. Yeah, totally, the PS5 yeah. is a showpiece, isn't it? Yeah, which I guess is what they wanted. Like the yeah. PS5 is based on I forget the name of the building, but some building in Dubai that is quite similar shaped or whatever. And I guess yeah, they wanted to stick out. Um, yeah, but I like big dumb peripheral stuff. So uh-huh. like even though it looks stupid, I'm a huge fan of it. My personal favorite uh, console design is the PS Vita. Oh, I'm gonna miss him I so much. Th- I think that is the best looking console ever. Be- beautiful it's system just, as well. It looks nice. I love the PS Vita. Yeah, so so much. You know what? Go it's on. a great device. But if we're talking handhelds, the Switch handheld the gets Switch, it for me. Yeah, yeah. There's something about the ergonomics of that, the lovely primary colors on left and right, mm. and the size of it. The, <laughs> I don't think there'll ever be a more perfectly sized handheld for me personally right. than the uh, than the Switch. Like the Steam Deck looks fine. Bit too big. It's, maybe. it's way too big. Yeah. The Switch is just, it has it. It's got yeah. like, it just, you can tell it's silhouette mm-hmm. in like, when you see yeah. it in a room, you think it's like, it. I would say it's iconic. It is iconic, mm-hmm. I reckon. Mm-hmm. And is that because of the primary colors, uh, Joy-Cons? It certainly helps, you know. I was going to say, I always forget that the standard model of the Switch is the gray one. Like, we have blue and red ones. Is that right? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, they were, I don't think they were limited edition, but there was something about they're not as mass produced as the gray ones. As far as I know, maybe that's changed. Um, but there was a whole thing about the standard Switch model is the the, the gray one. Are the more sort of um, yeah. I've only ever seen the red. I know the grey one exists, but I've only seen the primary yeah. ones. I hope I'm wrong because I always love the idea of the the red and the blue being Mario and Zelda because they launched in the same year and said they're the two pillars. They hold up everything else um, in terms of the, how they support the screen. Like I always love that as an idea. Um, throwing in here a question from Shockwave who says, "Have we seen the article about the PlayStation Five Pro coming in April?" Lol. How much uh, salt are we taking with that? And if it does happen to arrive, what would you? How would you feel about it? Well, not to, not to throw in some news, but I saw something from Tom Henderson this morning, actually, that kind of contradicted Tenders. this. Yeah, Tom Henderson yeah. said, apparently, that this April upgrade is actually just a different version of the PlayStation 5, and it's not a pro. Right. Apparently, according to Tom Henderson, he Tenders. doesn't think that we're going to get, from Sony at least, a pro version this generation, mm. because it's taken so long to get the regular version yeah. out to customers. Right, 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 right. We'll get a different... Uh, skew of it will get a, probably a different shape that saves Sony money, but it mm-hmm. won't be billed as the PlayStation 5 Pro. It'll just be the, the PlayStation 5 because it does feel like, and I think he said this in the report, like there's so much untapped potential with the PlayStation 5 right now. It doesn't oh, even dude, feel like the generation ridiculous. has started. I feel like no. we've got so much, so much to go, so much potential there that yeah. it wouldn't make sense. If they tried to say that they're doing a, a more powerful PS5 at this stage, that would be so genuinely insulting to people who have just got it, yeah. and those of us who've been waiting for something to look like it can only run on a PS5. We still haven't got any of them yet. So uh, I know there are some PS5 exclusives, but there's not been that much that's actually blown people away. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Whereas last generation, they were already underpowered by the time they come out. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I feel like there's a lot yeah, There's a lot more to be done. Switch should have done it. I know we kept making a video every other week, but we there should well, have been rumors. there should have been a Switch pro. There should have been. I, well, I, I always go back to the Jason Trier thing. He's never wrong. The one time he was wrong about this. Um, but yeah, the, the PS5, uh, sorry, the uh, Switch Pro still feels like the most obvious thing in gaming to do. Um, but the most recent version of those rumors is that they it's not until at least next year or something. Yeah. So yeah. 
whatever. Um, but yeah, I just it, we don't need it. We don't need another PS5 Pro at this stage. Um, next question from Rain, who says, which fruit is the best when mixed into a long cocktail? <laughs> a long cocktail. The long cocktail, by the way. The longest cocktail. The best version of a cocktail. I don't want a short. I want the long, tall glass, please. Oh, yeah. I'll back that. Um, I've not done much uh, cocktail mixing myself, so I don't really know. Any fruit. I like the oranges. I like the strawberries. Strawberries? I like, I like the, the strawberries. Strawberry. <laughs> I like the strawberries. I'll tell you what. A strawberry daiquiri. Oh, I mean, I oh, love that's that. a shout. Strawberry yeah, yeah, yeah. daiquiri, great. Nice I'm not a... St- strawberry flavour generally, you know when you get, like, sweets that are, like, starbursts right. or anything like that, and Bubble you get, fruits, you get the you. reds, uh-huh. you get the purples, you get the greens, you get all of you get yes. the oranges... You can discard the reds the for reds me. Oh my god, my friend! The greens are the ones you discard. I used no, to I love think the greens. No. that I was in the majority on this because I love the greens, and I mm. thought everyone loved the greens. And then uh. I grew up and went to university, and yeah. the only thing I learned in university was that nobody likes the greens. <laughs> the only yeah. one that you want to get rid of is the purples, mate. No, oh no, purples, purples. Nice. second best. Yeah. What, what, are you, very what, what are you talking about? They're very strong, Scott. You're wearing a purple jumper right now. I love in the color purple, but not the not the taste of purple. I'd probably go. Pineapple for the actual um, yeah. juice. Yeah, I do. Works. I like a pineapple juice. I like that in a cocktail. I don't know what cocktail actually has pineapple in it, but I like the idea of it's it being in everything. I like. Which one's a pina colada? Oh, I don't like that. It's like coconut and stuff. Coconut. Oh, yeah. coconut's beautiful. Yeah. I know the question was about which fruit is mi- best mixed into a cocktail, but I can only think of the Oreo cocktails that I like to get sometimes from the city center. And they're called a cookie monster. <laughs> Sideways Oreo. Is that not a smoothie? I don't know. Or a milkshake. No, it's alcoholic. It's not, it's not, um, it's a it's a thing called a cookie monster cocktail. Someone out there will know what it is. Um, that's what I'm going with. That my favorite fruit is Oreo. <laughs> Next question from Shane, who says, Are large-scale devs destined to disappoint? Square Enix, EA, and Ubisoft seem to do nothing but disappoint fans. However, the smaller scale, not necessarily small devs, are pumping out higher quality products like Santa Monica and Insomniac, for example, or um, are publishers the actual issue. I wouldn't say Santa Monica and Insomniac. Are, I guess I know what he means compared to Squeenix and EA and stuff. Yeah. I know what he means by that, but like EA brought out like It Takes Two last year, mm. which was one of uh, the... They published it anyway. Ago? Yeah, yeah, they didn't yeah. make it. But even still, mm-hmm. like that's one of my favorite games. Like There is still potential in these studios. They're not the worst. No, I think something like the Insomniac model is um, is like arguably the way to go for AAA stuff because yeah. um, Insomniac have turned around so much in the last like five, six years. Like They actually have an unbelievable track record right now. Um, but there's always that thing of like how much are they reusing engines or whatever. So is he meaning this is a developer or publisher? Uh, we've kind of blended the two right. because um, talking about large scale developers, I guess um, how like Ubisoft, for example, have like it's like sixteen dev teams, but they're oh, all within Ubisoft, but they're all called Ubisoft Montreal, Ubisoft yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Singapore, whatever. Like a lot of them do, don't they? Like like the people who work for the actual Ubisoft dev teams, mm-hmm. not like just as a publisher, yeah. like they. Just, Sometimes they work together on projects. It's like thousands and thousands of people at times. Yeah. At times, you know, it's like insanely big, like mm-hmm. a huge amount of staff all working on Assassin's Creed or whatever to get yeah, it over yeah. the line. Mm-hmm. And even in Capcom, I think you have like, you know, Capcom Team 1, Capcom totally. Team 2 or whatever who works on uh, like Resident Evil or Devil May Cry or whatever like that. I think the Ubisoft model is, I don't know if that's like just, like I don't know how you can have that many people working on something no. and have it feel cohesive the problem the problem is scale for me like it, it's large scale regardless of it's if it's developers i.e more chefs in the kitchen or if it's publishers and there's just not enough communication happening between like the literal coding what the hell is what actually is this game how is it coming together and how do we market it and whatever for me the issue is scale because if you have a really good connection between publisher and developer and the game being made is uh, focused like spider-man or insomniac and that's directly in touch with playstation on the publisher side then it all comes together a hell of a lot cleaner there's a direct comparison to halo and microsoft and how many 
messy that was, um, whether it's on the coding side or the way it was marketed and the fact it was delayed so last minute and everything. So for me, it's just a scale issue. There's only so many people you can throw at something before there's no way you could possibly coalesce. Yeah. Next question from the 24th gunner of 2023. Are there any platformer levels that you've ever wanted to run through obstacle course style? Ever <laughs> since I was a little kid, I've wanted to have a go at some of Crash Bandicoot's levels, preferably one without the lava. James Douse, I'm sensitive. Doritos crash clink course. Clink clink it. He said it. Hey, that's <laughs> he what you going to say. You ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> Let's clink We're going to say the same word at the same time, at the same time as clinking. Doritos crash course. Guys, it's a mess. Doritos crash course. There you go. What an absolute game that was. Absolute legendary top tier, S tier, God tier game. You've got total wipeout elements in it. You've got Takeshi's Castle elements in it. It's just top tier that's it. And that's, you know what, James Dows? I reckon you and I have played through that obstacle course enough times yeah. where I don't, even, I don't even think I need a practice run. I, <laughs> I could just muscle memory yeah. it. And if my legs worked well enough to get me over some of those jumps, I think it would be the best cheating? day of my life. Because the whole no. idea was to take a regular level and make it an obstacle course level. I'm just saying, if we're being serious. But if a regular level is an obstacle course level, yeah. is, does that not count? It's true. true. Yeah. It's true. Um, in terms of Crash Bandicoot's levels, uh, the idea of doing something like the high road properly oh, Jesus. would be very hard. It's scary. Yeah, I'd probably die. Very scary. God, you're hard. Yeah, I don't actually do it. I'm just thinking in terms of Crash When I think of a hard, or a sort of general level of Crash Bandicoot, I think of the high road. Yeah. I don't want anywhere near that thing. No, I don't want it, man. Nah, we so nah. anything from Crash Bandicoot one would be terrifying. Give me, yeah. uh, give me Spyro's levels. Give me the the lovely yeah. little first like uh, level in the uh, in the field. Give me that. Yeah, yeah. I like the ones in uh, New Super Mario Brothers where you go on like a roller coaster. Ah, shout! Yeah, oh my those. god, you remember the roller coaster in Ape Escape? Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah you, love, you love that. You must have like ten from the entire Super Mario franchise, surely. Level one one on Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Level one two. Every single Actually, one. I don't even know because in theory, when I go to Japan, hopefully at the end of March, I'm going to Super Nintendo World, and I know that they. I don't know if they've recreated the levels. I know they've got Peach's Castle. I don't know if they have like bits of level you can. No, it's run just through. like an open zone, isn't it? The area, uh, okay, uh, which looks like Super Mario 3D World. Yeah, and then the rest of it is just like little tunnels. You can get lights. a little uh, wrist thing and you can punch blocks and stuff. You can do yeah, that. yeah. I want to punch all the blocks. Um, <laughs> next question from Mr. Woodtopia, who says, "What do you think is going to be the next groundbreaking gaming mechanic that is going to change every video game thereafter? For example, climbing high, uh, climbing high up to unlock part of the map." Ugh. Something on that level is very hard to predict. It is, That's isn't it? Question. We're Although not, we're not game developers, we're not. Um, I think um, Elden Rings that the map is bigger than you think. Mechanic. Oh, is that what Breath of the Wild did though? No, because <sighs> in, in Breath of the Wild it was like you still had the boundaries were yeah, set. Yeah, okay. And you're filling enough. it out. Yeah. Breath of the Wild was more like Ubisoft, whereas yeah. Elden Ring pretends the boundaries are there, and then you zoom out and zoom out and zoom out. Um, I think that'll be in everything. Yeah, that would be. Uh, I hope so. I hope yeah. if there's I something developers steal from that yes. game, it's that. Because the sense of wonder that it inspired, it means you can have a smaller map, mm. but as long as you make people think it's smaller than it is, it feels huge, it yeah, feels expansive, yeah. it feels never-ending. I can't think of that many... Because most, like, most recent video game mechanics, most recent video game designs are so iterative, are so copy... And on a certain tier of production, are so, are so similar to what's become before. I can't think of the last time I saw a new mechanic in something in a non-indie game, in a bigger game, where it would actually be able to be copied that much. Um, My answer you know. is RT performance modes. Oh, uh, the hybrid of the two. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Being able to play at 60 frames a second is, it's there right now, but mm. it needs to keep going because Gotham Knights was a thing. It was a thing. I uh, I think maybe uh, Vampire Survivors. I don't think either of you played Vampire Survivors. No. Oh, is that that iOS game where you... 
Yeah, yeah, it's on Xbox. It's on yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. just um, a twin stick shooter where you just aim well, that's the things. thing. It just it does everything for you, yeah. and it's like I'm not. I like it fine, but like I, people absolutely effing love Vampire Survivors because everything is automated. All you're doing is moving your character and just hoovering everything up. Um, loads of collectibles, loads of unlocks, and just taking on more enemies and whatever. I think that idea of like um, various parts of combat being more automated, um, someone will steer into that because there's there's a weird like um, treadmill satisfaction thing of like I'm getting all these gems, I'm getting all these unlocks, I'm getting all these look how much damage I'm doing. Like it just not, does it all. Was that not Geometry Wars though? Way more control than Geometry Wars, I guess. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's honestly Vampire Survivors. When I finally quote unquote play, because you barely play it. It's like when yeah. I finally played it. All I'm doing is just walking around quite slowly uh-huh. yeah. um, and just watching gems hoover up into my dude and then like power up and then he does cool stuff. Like, that's it. And, and then people are like, that's all you do. You just do that over <laughs> and over again. And it was just a weird thing. But I feel like because Vampire Survivors um, was such a huge deal across 2022, it was just in every single game of the year, um, you know, list and everything, that um, I feel like that'll be something. Like just automation in combat. Yeah, and, uh, and letting that. various... Because if you did it in some sort of like third-person shooter thing, maybe you have turrets that auto-target more enemies and you have a way of taking on even more enemies. Like in Returnal 2. Maybe. Put it in that. Eh? Who's playing that? Well, Maybe. well, you know, James Douse and I will have to well, reconnect. he'll not be here, so don't worry about <laughs> it. Uh, I'm, I'm leaving to work on he'll Returnal be long. 2. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be long gone. Uh, I would say, right, yes. like Hideo Kojima got a lot of crap for saying that he was going to usher in like a strand genre. <laughs> obviously that's not happened. But I genuinely think, the, I love the idea in Death Stranding and the implementation of this idea in Death Stranding where you have a world that only you occupy in in that you know it's Mm. a single player game but it's a space shared with other people in the kind of same way that Dark Souls is where you can like Mm -hmm. you know you don't see other players but you see the impact of other players you see Mm. the messages they leave behind Mm. and in Death Stranding's case it's you see the structures that they leave behind you see the way that they change the landscape the way they change the open world by contributing to a bridge you might be making or building a part of that bridge while you were in bed that feeling is incredible it is as someone who doesn't like you know, the fast four-player, multiplayer era that we're in right now, that's my perfect kind of multiplayer where yeah. I don't actually physically directly interact with anyone, but we're all contributing to a goal. There is a sense of community there, even though I don't know who you are or what you've been doing directly or, you know, when you did this. Mm-hmm. I just know that I went to bed and I got up and we're all contributing to the same thing. And when you come back through some of those levels, man, and, and you have all of these structures made, it's 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 a great feeling and yeah. a unique feeling. And I don't know if anyone could replicate it because Death Stranding as itself is a n- unique game, but mm. I would love if they could and uh, expand upon it. Mm. You know what I played recently? I played Journey. Oh, and that's again. very much like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Journey's God. Yeah. Oh, Journey. Just there's just a random person with you in yeah. the entire time. And it's like the very end, you get the reveal of who they were. Like yeah. you get their name, and then yeah. you, maybe you get in touch and whatever. But like that that whole thing of sort of like helping someone that you're never going to meet. Like yeah. it's almost like leaving like a TripAdvisor review or something. Yeah. I'm not sponsored by them, but something <laughs> like that. And uh, it's like I'm just helping someone I'm never going to meet, but I know yeah. they'll be better off with this information. That thing in Death Stranding where it's like I'm just going to spend half an hour getting all these resources and leaving them in places where other players can use them. And um, what the hell is that? old phrase about like um, oh, it's like humanity gets stronger by planting seeds for trees we know we'll not sit in or something like that Right. and right. it's just I love that whole thing of like just just helping your next person but you have no idea specifically what they'll do um, yeah things like that I mean the fact that Death Stranding 2 is happening and it's another major first party uh, PlayStation game feels like it should have a bigger impact overall mm-hmm. um, so that might um, fold out into more stuff 
Um, next question from Caleb J. Ross, who says, I'm currently weeks into a gaming slump. Every game I start, I stop just a few hours later. Josh, did you write this? <laughs> I'm currently writing a book about what remains of Edith Finch, so I've been telling myself that I'm too mentally drained to play games, but I don't believe myself. Do you guys also hit gaming slumps? Any advice, please? Well, like you said, this is I feel my... like me and you both had this recently. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. This is my burner account. Uh, yeah, it, it is me. It is me. Yeah, I'm in this right now, and it's, it's hard to get out of. You just... For me, I would say, like, don't force yourself nah, to play something it. just because you think that's what you do. That's what I like to do. It is, but it's better to like wait until something really grabs you because then you will enjoy it. And then you'll also avoid just being burnt out generally. I mean, yeah. how many times Scott, me, you, and you probably yourself douse has, have been playing something just because it was there yeah. and you're not really enjoying it. And you get to the end of it and you were, you kind of enjoyed it. It was okay, but you didn't have the burning desire for it. Mm. I mean, you said you were going to trade in Final Fantasy uh, Crisis Core. Yeah. you're like, there's no point me dragging my ass through this. That's it. It's like I could, and I kind of want to stop that behavior. You know, mm. I, I've had fun doing it before, but like, I just want to, 2023 is the year where you focus on the stuff you love. It's the year and, of action. Yeah, and you just go where your heart takes you. If you want to play an old game, <laughs> play an old game. If you want to go back to Resident Evil 2 in the PlayStation 1, if you want to buy a CRT television to play that like <laughs> I am, that's what you're going to do. You're going to go wherever... Uh, the motivation is, and the motivation might not always be there, but it mm. will return. I always find that um, just doing something completely different helps. Like, I mean, I play like guitar quite a lot. I go for the little walks around various lakes that I can find, do something completely different. Um, and then for me, some part of my brain always serves up a memory of a gameplay mechanic or a thing I want to get back to or whatever I feel like I'm in the mood for. Maybe I'm watching a movie and it reminds me of something or whatever. And that would, nearly always brings me back to gaming. At least I actually want to take part in it, as opposed to what you said, uh, Josh, um, where you're just sort of, it's like, oh, it's 5, 6, 7 p.m. at night. I, I'd probably game. That's what I do at this time of night. Um, but sometimes you just need to do something else, um, as obvious as that is. So um, weirdly, ironically, the way to quote-unquote cure a gaming slump is to get away from gaming altogether yeah. mm-hmm. and, uh, and let your brain serve up the thing you want to do, which it will do if you care about the medium overall. That's it, because you can get into a mood. I love being yeah. in a mood that kind of like crosses different mediums and I have like a month where I just really want to play survival horror games and mm. I'm really watching I'm, I'm watching horror movies you know I'm watching the kind of similar things playing the kind of similar things and that's just what I'm indulging in for that month and then it might change but I love the idea of you know you might listen to a to a to, a, to an album you might watch a telly show that like you said Scott like in, in like makes something click in your brain where you mm. think oh that reminds me of this game mm. that I've always wanted to play and now I'm in the mood <laughs> for it and I'll go back to it I think that's uh that's always helped me as well. Yeah, I think I as say. well, like um, knowing that you have years, decades, archives of content available to you. Like there's so many old games on services like Game Pass or PlayStation Plus or the Nintendo Switch Online service. Um, past classics that you've maybe missed out on that are worth going back to. Some of the seeds of the mechanics um, that we have now had like blown out into all these repeat mechanics, some of the original versions of them are pure and were influential for a reason. And diving back into something like Ocarina of Time or Link to the Past or Mario 64 or whatever, they're obviously an old Nintendo ones, but things that have that really like um, ambitious for their time quality where it's like, and you can kind of transport yourself back a little bit, or I do this, where I'm just like, man, this was incredible for 1996. Like, look at this um, and go from there. James Dar's thoughts on the old gaming yeah, slump? I agree with him. I'm currently in one, as I said, mm. that tear away re, uh, unfolded. Mm-hmm. I got half an hour in, then turned it off. Mm-hmm. Like Majora's Mask, I did recently. I got an hour into that, turned it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, my 
attention span is just not there at the minute with in terms of gaming. So I am in this slump, and I really want to get out of it. I think a lot of people are actually in that right now. Like yeah. anyone who's listening to this, like I think we, all three of us have felt that way. I've definitely seen a lot of people tweeting about that and talk to people in real life about it. There is something about coming out of 2022 and the start of a year and the start of a year that isn't the pandemic year, quote unquote, where it's like we're supposed to be getting on with everything, and it's just like, but we're not yet, and we're doing. You just do what you can. And yeah. It's just like don't feel the need to get into stuff. Like oh my god, is, isn't this the new normal? Why don't I feel normal about it? It's like just give it time. But the thing that cool. sucks is like the game that I've played recently was Last of Us. Part one, mm. but it's a remake of a game I've already played because I know it's safe and mm. I've already played it. Right, so right. I'm not risking learning new things again. Mm. And then I'll play Fortnite or whatever or Warzone and things like that. And it's mm-hmm. just like I am in this slump that mm-hmm. I want to get out of. Mm-hmm. So I think some of the like some of the comparison points as well. It's like I love when all of us, quote unquote, are going through something. Like we're all playing Elden Ring. Like the conversations that came out of that are brilliant. And we're all going through God of War. It's like when you see someone, they ask you immediately, like Last of Us, like obviously it's a TV show, but at the start of every day, it's like, what do you think of that? And it's like everyone's there. Like I like that whole shared experience thing. I think that can be quite propulsive in itself. But those games or those um pieces of media that bind everyone together are quite few and far between. Mm-hmm. Um, at least they are right now. I feel like there's a bit of a burgeoning thing around Dead Space um, and people might check in with that. But sometimes that helps if I just kind of waiting until there's something that actually needs to be played. And I think Zelda will fix that for me. Mm, totally, yeah. yeah. You both made some really great points there and I would just she throw is. in one more. Like, uh, we know we talk about television, movies or whatever to find something that you're interested in. What actually spurs me on a lot is watching um, like video essays on video games mm-hmm. or, uh, on YouTube. Yeah, totally. Like watching like a really great video essay about a series or a game or whatever always makes me want to play through that series. Like I've watched <laughs> a bunch of Jacob Geller uh, video essays or Noah Caldwell Gervais who mm-hmm. goes through entire franchise retrospectives and you watch it. And when someone's passionate about games, I think, and they're talking about it and they're you know making you maybe even think about a game in a way that you haven't before, mm-hmm. I do I do think it sparks the. the it does for me. It sparks the desire to go and appreciate something myself mm. in in the same way that they are have been inspired to. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. yeah, makes I would me, totally back that. Yeah, um, learning the histories of stuff as well. Like shout out to uh, Matt McMuscles, who used to be part of the Two Best Friends Play channel, and then they do um, McMuscles does a whole series called What Happened about various um, sort of iconically disastrous games like Dead Space Three or Dino Crisis Three or Sonic O Six or whatever, and talks to the devs and gets in touch and does really great research and um, finding out what happened with those games, um, which for me always makes me go like, I'm going to see what it's like, or I'm going to check out something, maybe the, the installment that came after that, that re- revived the thing, mm-hmm. um, or go back to that weird one-off game where they lost their minds for a bit, and see what it's actually like in 2023, like Dead Space 3. Um, but yeah, sometimes the actual craft of gaming, where it's just like, it is kind of crazy that these things exist at all, like the, 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 the trajectory across the decades and everything. Um, well, yeah. Well, going to what you said there about video essays, I found a YouTuber recently called Axe Mania, and, okay. he, and he goes through all of the old Tomb Raider games, like the original nice. trilogy of them. Uh, turns out there was way more than a trilogy. There was like six of yeah. the original ones. I didn't <laughs> yeah. ever realize. But he just ranks them all at like, every level. And I watched a video the other day for three hours. And I just thought, this is entertainment. Oh, I'll tell me. you what, I'll um, massive shout out to Cadicarus as well. They, um, their breakdown of every single Spyro game is brilliant. Yeah, I've seen all, that. Yeah, yeah, all their stuff where they go, I'm going to go through every single Crash game, every single Spyro game. That that Cadicarus is an absolute workhorse. I That's love that stuff, man. Like, I, my, you know, I've talked about this before, but my favorite way to kind of like consume games or mm. any media is to binge a certain thing. I you love bubble. playing, yeah, bubble it, man. Like, I love <laughs> playing entire franchises, the good and the bad, and seeing it for myself. And one day, 
I'll find a way to make content on that that isn't just <laughs> shouting at you, Scott Tilford, in podcasts for the rest of my life. I think you just bat- batten down the hatches and put one little light above your head and just stream the whole thing <laughs> maybe, for as long maybe. as it takes. One man streams everything. But it's, it's funny when you get like one of those video essays that you're just really into, and it could be like you know six hours long. I'm literally, for my birthday tonight, going to go home and watch a six-hour-long Tim Rogers video nice. on a PlayStation 1 Japanese game that didn't get an English translation. Yes. And I know I'm going to love it. <laughs> oh, my know? God. Shout out to Tim Rogers. Yeah. Tim Rogers, um, the final, his Final Fantasy VII um, video comparing the, the uh, original script in Japanese with the English script, all the different changes, with beautifully spoken Japanese as well, like completely fluent in that language. Um, if you like Final Fantasy VII and just kind of... And like the idea of translations and language in general and how things change based on um, different interpret- uh, different uh, translations, I think that thing is a work of art. Like, it's mm-hmm. brilliant. And the way that it ends is great. The, the overall message is great. Um, next question from superfan number three, Jules, a.k.a. Egg Daddy, who says, if we were all going to release a fragrance line, what would it be called and what would it smell like? Oh. I'm going to oh, go with... It's a very Jules, a.k.a. Egg Daddy question, isn't I it? I would call mine Hot Take. <laughs> and it would smell like justice. It would smell like... Vindication. It would smell like smell like I'm right. <laughs> the stench of someone who despises the Last of Us TV show. Only the say. first episode, my friend. <laughs> I'm back on the horse. Um, yeah, I'm going, James. I would call mine a taste of Scunthorpe. <laughs> <laughs> what would it smell like? I think you know exactly what I'll smell like, Scott. It smell like I smell <laughs> right now. It will smell it's like delightful. an old hometown, but you yeah. know that it's a bit. Run down and it's Best kind. Oh, but, but it's sometimes that's beautiful. But that's though. what I mean. Yeah, it's home. Yeah, yeah. It's home. That's oh, you get a little whiff of the uh, the pub on the corner. The whiff, Sunday dinner. Yeah, the steelworks, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Whoa, get people, that people have lived there, man. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. That's that's what what I'm saying, man. You don't even need them. That's what a winner. That's what I mean. yeah. This is why he's gone on to bigger and better things, isn't it? These ideas, <laughs> these multi-million-dollar ideas. All you need is Gunthorpe. Josh Brown, your fragrance of choice. Well, for me, inspired by the drink that I'm drinking right now, yes. because it is also a pun on my last name, I'd call it the brown stuff. Very good. <laughs> it would have my face on it, and it would taste of Newcastle brown ale. Very good. And also the River Tyne, and it yeah. would be the most repulsive smell <laughs> in the entire world, but it would also smell like pubs, which can be an old man pub specifically, which yes, I have right. a lot of nostalgia for, so yes. there we go. One the, old, the old smoking pubs, or is it? Post smoking in pubs. I kind would, of thing. well, the smoking pubs, but not smelling of smoke. Well, okay. Smelling. They used just, to be used to that. Yeah. yeah. yeah just okay. smelling of stale beer. Right, you know, okay. I, lo- I love walking past a pub <laughs> that I would never go into, and it has that very specific stale beer smell. Uh-huh. Like, actually, get the get, get the brown stuff out of the way. Just get me the stale beer smell and let yeah. me spray that on myself. <laughs> Remind me of my childhood. An entire <laughs> wing of untapped fragrances from old English pubs. Yeah. Um, next question from your done messed up Aaron, who says, the Royal Rumble's on Saturday. Who's your, what's your favorite wrestling game slash era? And I can't say death. Jam. So I'm going to say the SmackDown games. I will say um, that leap between SmackDown 2 and Just Bring It. That leap oh. onto the PlayStation 2. Even though Just Bring It wasn't that good of a wrestling game. Which obviously, here comes the pain. That's what everyone always points to. Um, but yeah, favorite era was just when we didn't know what the cap was, the glass ceiling, when it was like you were actively waiting for new mechanics. You were testing the table physics. Oh my God, they still break into a V. It still looks bad. Um, but you were testing to see how the commentators' tables would break. That whole run across the 2000s uh, was magic. I have no idea what you're on about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only WWE game I used to play was the ones where I think it was like 2K6, 2006. Had it. Was it? Two, it wasn't Whoa. 2K then, was it? No, no, uh, no, no, no. Back then it would have been 2006. SmackDown versus Raw. Sure. Yeah. Why not? It would have been an Xbox 360 one. So probably about seven or eight. Interesting. Uh, when you can make the characters like green. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was. <laughs> 
<laughs> he did yeah. quite a few of them, but he'd make a very nice looking green person. Yeah, that was that was well. the highlight of those games, yeah. really. Who yeah. was your favorite wrestler, James Dodd? Sure. <laughs> Mr. Sure. He does, he does I don't well. know. <laughs> um, Big Hulk, Muscleman. I don't know. Who's not cancelled? Who can you name? Can you ca- they're all cancelled, aren't they? Probably. You're almost like, um, the Rock. Sure. Yeah, very yeah, good. Very yeah, good. yeah, the Rock. The yeah. rock. Yeah. Very good, very safe. James, uh, James, 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 James Brown. James Brown. I want to say he comes the pain, but now you've just established that. That is the go, to be fair. That certainly is. You know, he comes the pain. I've very rarely in my life been more excited to play something than when mm. my cousin came home with. He comes the play, pain on PlayStation Two. Yes, love that. But honestly, if I'm being truthful, whilst if we were talking about Tony Hawk's, mm. I would want to say Tony Hawk's Pro Skater something is my favorite. But really, Tony Hawk's Underground is my oh, OG. that's a madness pick in the wrestling terms. I want to say he comes the pain, and I was very excited for it. But the <laughs> one I remember. SmackDown versus Raw, the first one. That was, <sighs> I loved it, man. There was something about that convergence, the amount of options that you had in terms of the create a character, create mm. an introduction. The, ca- the um, campaign thing was great. Campaign was but great. They put all the grapples on the stick. They make it so you had to grapple with the right stick. I like that. I, I liked it at the that. time. I really did. No. I thought it was good. Um, I don't like it at all. Well, well, what are you going to do? What, what are we going to do? Josh Brown, favorite wrestler? Favorite wrestler? Yep. Uh, can, I, can I go through the years? Because I, I don't have a favorite wrestler now, but okay. I used to love... No, I, well, I mean, just whatever, when I ask you that question, if okay. it's from now, it's from past, what's your gut tell you? It goes Hardy Boys, man. That's Both a beautiful them. pick. Yeah. I used to love the Hardy Boys. I used to watch the VHS of the Tables, Ladders, and Shares from yeah. the WWF era. And then a bit later, loved Eddie Guerrero, loved Rey Mysterio. And now, like, I like keeping up with it through osmosis, like I've explained before. I don't uh-huh. watch it, but uh-huh. I listen to the people in the office, and I look at the trends on Twitter. <laughs> I like the look of that CM Punk guy. He seemed all right. He's doing really well. And you know what? Uh, yeah. Active. I, I wasn't even watching it, right? So I have yeah. no like to stand on. But when everyone hated Roman Reigns as an outsider, I always thought, he looked all right. I mean, I had no context. I have no, I have no frame of reference for this. Well, I, only, I only know AEW I, well, <laughs> from, the last, from the last year. Scott, I don't. <laughs> now I'm talking about it. I just knew what he looked like, and I liked his name, and I thought, he looks sound. Two men who don't watch WWE talking about Roman Reigns and CM Punk. It's, uh, it's going very well. Here's a little tidbit Yes, for you. One of my, not first videos, but one of my later videos within my first year was me reacting to uh, wrestling moments. Oh, yeah. yeah. Non-wrestling That's, fans react yeah. to wrestling moments. And yeah. it was me, I think, I don't know who I was, but Ewan, I think, or Ash. And yeah, yeah. Was, Ash me and Ewan, Ewan, Josh, and Ash. I think it's you and Rach. Yeah, I think it's me and Rach. You and Ash. I think it is, yeah. yeah. Was it? I think I so. Either way, that video got t- taken down for copyright. Did it? Yeah, did it? Oh. That was really good. One of the best things we ever did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I remember watching that, and there was one clip that I saw where it was a wrestler getting married, and a snake came out. Yes. And that's my only frame of reference for wrestling. <laughs> I don't know anything else other than that. And that do... man jumped from the top and was it the, on the cage, the Undertaker oh, that... on the cage? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah the little man. mankind thing. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if you saw the one with the, the boogeyman and all the, he, he, he told the worms. He, yes, yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. that one. That's a very memorable bit. And there's one as well where he, um, not, what's it, where you hypnotize and he hypnotizes this man and then his arm turns into a snake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I remember that it sounds one. like Jake the Snake Roberts, but I think that's way too far back. Yeah, I don't know. Someone out there will know exactly what we're talking about. I think about. there were some old ones in there though. Right, okay. doing the video. Yeah, it sounds like that. Uh, final two questions. One from Pinko, who says, "I want to take the opportunity to wish Josh a very happy birthday." And also, which PSVR games do you think are an absolute must-have for the Aww. PSVR two? For them, it would have to be Super Hard, Vader Immortal, um, and Star Wars Squadrons. And all fifteen-year-old them ever wanted was to fly an X-wing in VR. First off. 
Thank you for the happy birthday. I really yes. do appreciate it. Okay. Second off, thank you for the gift on my birthday. That is this question because I always want to talk about <laughs> PSVR all the time. Those are great shouts, by the way. Mm-hmm. I particularly want Star Wars Squadrons myself because I didn't play that when it came out on the VR or even in the normal version. Yeah, yeah. So I would love that to come out day one. Mm-hmm. Super hot would be great as well. Mm-hmm. I think all of those shouts are awesome. It was I just want that, announced. That kayak one. Well, you're just, that just in a kayak and you look at the water and there's a dolphin and yeah. That's on the launch lineup. I know. You can get in there. I know. They've just announced today that Walking Dead Saints and Sinners 1 will be uh, backwards compatible on launch. So that's, that's going to be really exciting. Yeah. For me, it's one they have announced and it's Pistol Whip. I've heard that's like I've heard about this. incredible. Yes. Again, watched a Jacob Geller video on it because of course I did. And <laughs> Jacob Geller really sold me on the idea. It just looks like it's really just incredible Right, really tight, really cool idea of mixing the music with the actions yeah. in a similar way to Beat Saber, but you've got guns this time. Um, that's the one that I'm going to buy day mm-hmm. one, and I'm, I can't wait for that. That's, uh, that's curious. I'm, I, right now, I can't cough up the money for the PSVR 2. I'm going to see how it reviews. I'm going to see what experiences are on there. Scott, but go on. Neither can I. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what stuff is fundamentally only doable on PSVR 2. If it feels like, oh my God, I need to try If it's Spider-Man, I'm there. But we did, you, did you ever play the Astros mission, rescue mission? I didn't. I always I, wish I did that. I thought I'd enjoy that. So if that comes out for the PSVR 2. Mm. They might do another one. I guess yeah. that was the original that sold the PSVR back in the day. It's kind of annoying. Sorry to keep no, going no. this question, but they've got Moss 1 and Moss 2 on it, which was similar platformers. They've got Moss so. Death, have they? <sighs> what? Hey? I don't even know what that means. I don't even <laughs> know what it means. She's so sort of usage of the word Moss is all I was going for there. Yeah. I'm not even drinking. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't have the Astro Bot, and I would okay. like the Astro Bot or Boy. I can't yes. remember which. I always forget which one it is, but I like the Astro Bot. Astro Bot's an anime, isn't it? Is it? Yes, with so. the long legs. Sure. He's got the, like, the knee bits. I think so. Knee yeah. Bits. He's got like long sort of um, shin pads. Oh, okay. Yeah, he flies around a bit. <laughs> shin pads. <laughs> he's, he's been around for a while. Um, anyway, next, uh, sorry, final question from Honest NPC who says Hello, gents. Was the Xbox 360 slash PlayStation 3 era the most significant generation? It introduced us to standard wireless controllers, internal storage, robust online play, digital storefronts, and DLC, etc., and every gen since has just been a slight iteration. What do you guys think? Keep up the amazing podcast. Well, thank you very much. That's a really good point. That's a really good yeah, point. Yeah, we stuck in one big 360 bubble. Like when you lay out all the innovations like that, it yeah. feels like a big like what major iteration have we got us from after 2013? <laughs> that silence That's, speaks, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it really Microtransaction. does. Microtransactions. No. They predated services. anyway. They were in 2009. Well, considering both consoles were neck and neck in that generation, yeah. and then the generation after that, Xbox massively tanked themselves. Mm. Maybe that was more of a defining generation because Xbox screwed themselves over that well, much. Well, they, they tried to make the next big thing DRM and the idea yeah. of you, you own everything regardless of where you're logging in. And that's what they've kind of done now. And that idea, I, I do like that idea. I just barely ever use it. Like I can start Arkham Knight on my phone and then pick it up when I get home on the console. But like, that's such an edge case. That's it, man. I feel like all of the stuff that has been introduced since then, um, and I, I, I don't mean to like completely write them off by saying this, yeah. but have it's been a half-assed. Like, who uses <laughs> the activity cards on the PlayStation? Who uses the share play yeah. on the PlayStation? They are welcome additions, 100%. I like that they're there, but they don't feel as instrumental as the first wireless controller or Xbox yeah. no, Live no. or anything like that. I think the closest we've got was the introduction of um, being able to capture your own gameplay footage or take yeah. screenshots. That was a next-level addition that yep. I think 
for me at the time justified the purchase of a PlayStation 4 and Xbox okay. One. Uh, but there's that's the only one where I've felt that's got staying power. That's changed the way I think about games um, in the same way that those previous innovations did. What was that thing um, that they canned on PlayStation as well, where it was like your multiplayer performance would give you ba- like badges? It was called PlayStation badges or something. And you could barely see them, but if you hit the home button on the PS5 um, and went along to your profile, on your profile it would tell you if you were like friendly or competitive oh, yeah. or whatever based on multiplayer performance. But no one knew how to give each other badges, and then none of that worked. And then they just canned the whole thing, uh-huh. and it's like that's just this weird, like another like derelict feature that they sort of half rolled out. Same with the ongoing uh, PlayStation, like the, the cancelled NFT program that just resulted in giving you random Apescape bits of artwork and stuff. It's just like, I occasionally get the messages. I get the pop-ups on my phone saying, hey, you've just unlocked this. And I'm like, it means nothing. Mm. I don't do anything with it. Do you know what I enjoyed? I enjoyed Snap. Xbox Snap. Remember that? Yeah. Double tap to Snap. I don't... You could have like a TV show on the edge of your screen whilst playing a game. Oh, man, since I've gotten into um, podcasts and stuff... (laughs) I, I was thinking about them getting rid of that and yeah. like, why? Yeah. I love that right now. I think so it's just good. the way to, because I do that on PlayStation quite a bit where you can pin, um, well, not I say quite a bit, I've done it a couple of times, where you can pin um, one of the built-in tutorial videos on how to get a certain trophy. Mm-hmm. You can pin that and then yes. play it alongside. Like I've done that when I've been trying to get a platinum. Man, I was just thinking when the World Cup was on and it was the World Cup era mm. and I was watching games on the laptop whilst I was, you know, playing a, yeah, a yeah. video game on the actual screen. I was thinking, how good would it be if I could just literally put this in the corner of the television mm. whilst I was playing, you know? The thing is, though, like for me, I, Patreon Picture stuff, it's always going to, it's either going to be overlaid so it cuts off part of the frame yeah. or if it shrinks the screen like what the PlayStation 5 does, it's just lots of like dead Quite space fast, yeah. on either side. Um, so they've not really found a good way to do that yet. Which killed split screen for me, by the way. Mm. Once we got to the era where you didn't have the full screen while you were playing co-op split screen, like, full, yeah, it just made it too small for my eyes for whatever right, reason. Right. I just felt like it wasn't appealing to play visually. I always wondered whether that was, like, intentional for people to try and see you away for to split screen for making it by making it is a uh, you know disgusting to look at as possible or whether it was a real creative issue i don't know i think it was completely sideswiped by all the online stuff and then like all the weird little homebrew methods of attaching cardboard and like sort of you look that yeah. way and i'll look this yeah. way and try and make it fair um it was just completely wiped away by that um with that question we come to the end of james Dowser's last oh. day at whatculturegaming slash whatculture.com. Um, a massive thank you to everybody for sending in their various questions and talking points and everything else. And a massive thank you to James Dowse himself. Big bless. James big, Dowse. Big bless. bless. It's been a pleasureful four years working <laughs> with you. And <laughs> give you me one final bottle clink before we go. Clink, clink. It's a beautiful thing. Oof. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful time for you, Scott. I'll, I'll fist bump your ball. Yes, no, and, I love uh, you both very much. And that one on the table as well. And uh, yeah. I think that um, yeah, going forward, we'll obviously keep in touch. And I must thank you once again to sure. everybody, and again to James Douse. We'll catch you all next week with a surprise third slot that I've not filled yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure that out. It'll be me with a mustache and <laughs> <laughs> twiddling some glasses. Um, but yes, um, for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by the last time by James Douse. Bye, and Josh Brown. Forever a pleasure, James Douse. Oh, shit. One more clink. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.